Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. Are you excited? I'm excited. Amen. Oh, man, this is a good time of year. It's holiday season. Amen. Oh, it's beautiful outside. It gets so dark around here at night, out here in the foothills of the mountains that it's so dark and you got these lights on. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, just a great time of year, the holiday season. But let's be honest. At this time of year, it's very easy to get caught up in the busyness of it all. Amen. Uh, our business is so busy right now with service, different customers and stuff with lots of um, items, all this stuff that we, we sell stuff online to help pay for the ministry and all of it, I guess, just everybody wants to get it this time of year. It's running around to the post office, dropping stuff off, working, 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 ministry, you know, Christmas dinners and all. Not, not a lot of stuff, but but still, just very busy comparatively uh, speaking. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been very busy lately. And let's be honest, it's hard to dive in and say, okay, okay, God, I just want to have some quiet time with you. Well, you could desire that, but there's so many little distractions. And how about that phone? Bzzz, buzzing, zinging, this, that, and the other. Social media. I don't have any personal social media, but I remember when I did, I'd be scrolling. Oh, so-and-so went to the farm and got a Christmas picture. Oh, we never did that. And you have that fear of missing out feeling and all these things happening or, oh, look at this on social media. This store has got a sale. We all need to go here. You know, all this stuff, it never ends. So let's just take a deep breath. And let's just focus on the Lord for a little bit here. We're in Isaiah 53, which you may hear Isaiah 53 mentioned in a Christmas service. Um, It's a beautiful chapter. It deserves to be mentioned year round. And Isaiah 53 is the prophet Isaiah referencing uh, the coming Messiah hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth. And yet it's a beautifully written chapter that doesn't just reference, oh, hey, guess what? Jesus is coming. You better be ready. It's very deep uh, in its painting a picture of why Jesus came, how he came, what it means for them and what it still means for us here today. And so we're in Isaiah 53, we're on verse, uh, wrapping up verse two, but I'll just start from the beginning because say that's only one verse up. Isaiah 53, verse one, who hath believed our report to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. And in the last episode, we spoke about that rank unbelief that was there then and is there now that God must open the heart, uh, that actions tell a story that's not flattering toward God or indicative of a belief in a living God. Because you know what? Many people, they've just gone astray, right? They're all onto their own thing and they're not seeking the Lord. As I mentioned, in this sinful, broken world, it is incredibly easy to go astray. The idea of, you know, imagine, yes, being at a water park, you're going down a slide, a big slide. My kids love the water park. They, they're very very brave now as they hit, uh, you know, they get past the five-year mark of life. They're like, yeah, that's like a three curl slide or three, you know, turn slide. And it's all the way in the air. Like, yeah, I'll go down that dad. You want to come? And I'm like, I don't, number one, I don't know if I fit on that slide. Number two, I don't want to go down that slide. Uh, but you think of that slide and you flying down that slide, right? That's what life is like living carnally, living in the world. It's so just gravity is bringing you that way. 
Yet, living for the Lord is kind of like swimming upstream. I don't know if it's as hard as climbing up that slide per se, but it can get pretty challenging. Maybe like climbing up a slippery path. There's a South Mountain Park is not too far from our house, and we go hiking there sometimes, not a whole lot, amen. But, you know, every once in a while we'll go there. Uh, and there's when it rains, man, there are some really slippery trails out there, and it is really just muddy and slippery. And that's kind of what it's like living for God. We're going upstream. We are living against the grain. We are not here for an eternity. We are here for a season. We're going to be with the Lord for eternity, and we're going to be uh, living in the new heaven and on the new earth, and we're going to have a uh, resurrected body, and all the sin will be gone, amen, those that, have saved, those that are saved, those that believe in Jesus Christ. And so we see here that people are living with willful ignorance. Uh, they're, li- they're, they're understanding there's a God in their mind, but they're hardening their heart, and they're just going with the flow because that's like just going down that water slide. It's just easy to do. And every time we seem to try to serve, maybe you here today listening, is it every time that you try to serve God, something bad happens? Like there's a challenge, there's a problem. Have you ever noticed that? You know, when you try to serve the Lord, um, you know, I know I need to get to this next verse, but I remember last year, this time of year, we were trying to do something as a church, big, you know, for the Lord. And man, I got, I had a awful, probably one of the worst allergy attacks I've ever had. Literally the day we were trying to do this big thing for God. I said, Lord, oh my goodness. That's just an example. I don't know how to describe it other than to say you will face opposition. You will you will have a proving time when you live for God. And just as, as Isaiah's time, when prophet Isaiah said, who have believed our report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, many won't believe, many will not believe. Verse two, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, this is Jesus Christ, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Well, Isaiah 53 verse two is telling us, that the Lord came from dry ground, and we could go so many different ways with that. But the idea, there wasn't a lot of momentum uh, for the Messiah to come, amen, uh, in the sense that, you know, people weren't living all holy and departing from sin. There wasn't great revival in the land, quite the opposite. And yet he came up out of that dry ground. He was born of a virgin. He was born in the manger. There was no room in the inn, amen. He wasn't born born uh, in a in a... Um, upper class family. Uh, and I know I was going to say royalty, but the, he is from the royal line. He is from the line of David. We can trace that back in the Bible. Uh, but he wasn't born in that light. Amen. I, example I gave to our congregation was uh, like Prince, uh, I think it's Prince Henry, uh, when when he had a child, amen, and the, the whole world was wrapped and the whole world was wanted to know, you know, who, what was happening What's the child's name? And, uh, you know, all of these things, right? You got, uh, you got Prince Henry, Prince Harry. I don't know which it is, but you know, if you're keeping up with that, uh, you know, the, the child of the, the royal child, amen, the royal child. I was trying to look it up on my computer, but um, look. Everybody was paying attention. Everybody was saying that child is royalty. There's the golden spoon. There's the, you know, there's all of the embroidery and there's all of the, you know, the ornaments and all the pageantry and all. Jesus was born in a manger. Amen. He was born in a barn that probably smelled like animals. And you know what? Amen. Christ came from uh, this ordinary place. And by the way, he was not a superstar. He was born the son of a carpenter. 
You know, there was no beauty that we should desire him. God wasn't going to appeal to the shallowest emotion in us. He wasn't going to appeal to our carnal nature to desire. Amen. Like remember when the angels were in Sodom and all of the people of Sodom desired those angels. Amen. I won't go into detail, but if you've read Sodom and Gomorrah, you know what I'm talking about. That scripture in the Bible, that passage in the Bible, they all desired those angels. Christ didn't come in that way. He came as an ordinary person. Uh, Verse three, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him, and he was he was despised, and we esteemed him not. So we see here that the result of him not being, uh, you know, outed as the son of God, and him being uh, just the ordinary average person, and him uh, not having some kind of uh, big family riches or any kind of uh, massive chariot and army and all these things, guess what? People were able to kind of show their true colors, weren't they? And he was despised and rejected of men. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he lived a perfect sinless life, 33 and a half years, and he was despised and rejected of men. People didn't want anything to do with him. I think of the time he healed a maniac of Gadara, right? And this guy is absolutely going nuts. He's got no clothes on. He's in the graveyard. I mean, you can imagine an individual like that that's just tortured day in and day out. I've seen it in my own family. Mental illness on that regard is no joke. I mean, my brother, uh, I've told him before, it was like uh, the, the family member that I'm talking about was like, I said, it's like demon possession. And he told me, he's a, he was a psychology major in college, whatever that means, and he told me, that's, he goes, some of them actually think that, you know, and I've, I've never come, no one's ever really uh, convinced me otherwise. I mean, it's just absolutely horrific to be possessed. And what does Jesus do? He goes there, he heals the maniac of Gadara. Uh, he's dressed well now, he's doing fine, amen. It's an absolute miracle. All the swine jump off the cliff, that's where the demons go. Uh, and guess what? Everybody in the town says, get out of here. Will you please leave? You're disrupting us. We don't want anything to do with you. You're messing with our livestock. You're messing with how things were. We were just fine without you. Isn't that how people are today? Isn't Jesus Christ truly? I mean, if you really read the Bible, the person of Christ that is biblically accurate, not this Jesus that is preached in the New Age church or thrown around in these books or whatever, but the true, real Jesus Christ, the one that preached the Beatitudes, the one that lived this life that we read about in the Bible, is he not despised and rejected of men still? And it, the, and here in Isaiah, it says in verse 3 of uh, chapter 53, it says, he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He did not come here. Uh, a matter of fact, I believe it's John three seventeen. He didn't come here to condemn. He came here to save. And so he's looking at these lost people, living like lost people, rejecting him because he doesn't have the pedigree or the background or the look or whatever it would be to be accepted by them, rejecting him because he's preaching the truth about sin, about how man can't keep the law and on and on. And guess what happens? He's sorrowful because he sees their state. He sees their destination. Amen. And he's sorry for that. He's sorry for that. You know, as a parent and we look at God the Father, right? So we look in that light. As a parent, sometimes we can feel sorrowful for our children if they are going to have to go through a very difficult time. Amen. And we look at our kids and we say, I, I wouldn't want them to have to go through that. 
Um, you know, CJ, my youngest, he's five. You get, you know, he's almost six, but he's five. He tells me he's, I mean, he, he debates with me like he's 30, but anyways, he, you know, he had to go to the dentist and I know the dentist is going to be hard because they want to pull a tooth. And I'm looking at him like, man, this is not going to be good for him. And, you know, it's good for him, but it's not going to, you know, be enjoyable. And that's a simple example, but I know what's ahead. Amen. Well, that's just a tooth, and he'll be fine. And you know, he talked he, he talked the dentist out of it pretty much, anyways. Uh, that's my son, amen. But for the lost people of that time, Christ is looking at them, seeing them headed for a devil's hell, and he's sorrowful. You know, as a preacher of God's word, oh, how it's grieved me. You know, in in the business world, I did okay, amen, Uh, doing in the business world. My wife will tell you, not good enough, Uh, but hey, I've been all right, been all right, amen. In school, I did okay, you know, sports did okay. You know, Lord has really blessed me, and I'm like, hey, I'm expecting good things. God's calling me in the ministry, okay, all right. I'm going to preach his word straight. I'm going to pray over every message. I'm going to study his word, and and I'm studying his word, and I'm praying over these messages. The Lord's laying on my heart, preach about sin, preach about sin, preach about sin. I'm preaching about sin. I'm preaching what the Lord's given me, and no one's really showing up. No one's really tuning in. (laughs) Nobody's really, uh, this, this isn't. The success is not here, amen. People are not loving it. There's a great movie called Selfie Dad. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. It's on Pure Flix. Man, you got Netflix. Cancel Netflix and get you some Pure Flix. That's what I did. That's what we did for our family years ago. We're, we're thankful for that. And I know not everything on Pure Flix is great, and I know all this. But look, let's just get get rid of the real bad stuff on Netflix to start. But on Pure Flix, Selfie Dad, there's a... Uh, he's a comedian. He's doing these YouTube videos. He's gaining uh, esteem. And then all of a sudden he preaches about God a little bit. He shares his testimony and all the sponsors want to cancel him and everybody unsubscribes from his channel. And he's like, oh, we, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. This is bad. And he actually has like a youth pastor come over to try to fix his computer to delete the video. It's a really funny scene. And when you think about it, what's What's funny, but not funny in a way, is the fact that this is true. That's true life. You know, when you live for the Lord, you suffer. And not just suffering, but you suffer in a way that's like you see people that are going astray in a very real way as Christ saw those that were going astray. I wish I had more time. My time is actually up. I can't believe it. Uh, Tune in next time as we get deeper into Isaiah 53. I thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's Word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. <laughs>